Tom, let's talk about the first time you and I had a conversation. I remember it. Do you remember it? Hell no. I try not to remember things that are hard on me. So uh, <laughs> tell me when it was, Bill. I think you called me somehow. Probably Peter Secchia gave you my home number. This is over 20 years ago. And I'm nearing my 32nd anniversary doing a sports radio show across America, fourth anniversary with Marty Boer and the Michigan Sports Network. And I had said something about Marcus Taylor, one of your former players. And you called me at home and you ripped me a new one. And I'm like, who is it? I never talked to you on air. I'm like, who does this guy think he is? And then we had a back and forth. You, you, were, you, you showed your leadership, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And I thought, you know what, I really like this Izzo guy. And that was the start of a long relationship now that's lasted over 20 years. You know what's funny about that? I, I do remember that. I do remember we had a meeting up here once, you know. <laughs> and uh, I think why we've become good friends is we have similar personalities. We really do. I, I, uh, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but uh, <laughs> we really do. And, and I... I think what you liked about me is what I liked about you is I did call you up. I didn't go on air and say something. I didn't do that. I called you up. I told you what I thought, you know, and which you've done with me early. And then we found out that fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of things we think pretty similar on, you know, even though we're both crazy in our own ways, the meat and potatoes of things are pretty basic uh, as they say in the sport you used to play in football, you got to block and tackle in basketball, you got to defend and rebound. You know, everybody comes up with all these tricky things. Life's pretty basic if you get right down to it. You know, Tom, the one thing I've always admired about you on the court, off the court, with your family, with your friends, uh, when things hit the fan, your leadership. And I, and I want to go back uh, to one of the few times you've ever written a speech uh, just a few weeks ago after the tragic shootings at Michigan State. And I get goosebumps and almost tears in my eye. Uh, thinking about that speech, and I listened to it 10 times in your leadership. And, and, and it was not a moment for you. It was a moment uh, for everybody connected to Michigan State. Uh, but it showed who you are. So when you put that speech together, because normally you're a guy, you go off the cuff like I do. You say what you feel. But you yeah. felt the need to write that speech that night. Why and how did you come to those words? Well, other experiences helped me on the why. You know, we've been through a lot here, as you know. And, uh, you know, I look back, uh, the different tragedies we've had, whether it's the shooting, whether it was the Nasser situation, the COVID situation, you know, all these tragedies uh, that have happened. Um, I learned, you know, you speak off the cuff and... Uh, there's so many people that take things so many different ways. So I think the hardest thing that night is, you know, you want to give your students a Newt Rockney speech like your players and say, we've got to overcome this. I, 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 you know, I didn't bring it up there, but I thought about, I saw Bill the first game after 9-11 in the NFL. Mariucci's 49ers played the New York Giants, and I flew to New York with Peter. And we were on the field. And it was the Thursday night, only game on. And it, it taught me that sports can be part of the healing. You know, the police officers were there, the fire department. It was the most pro sports, players from different. It was most unbelievable happening. And then I, so I was going to go with that rah-rah part. And I said, now the parent part of it, what if that was my son or daughter? 
And so I got caught in the middle, you know, and I said, I better really think about what I want to say so I don't offend somebody so I can be genuine. And it was difficult, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, because you are a father. Your son, Stephen, is on your team. Uh, He was in the vicinity of the shootings. And I know you that you thought about it. I texted you that night and asked you if the family is okay. You said, yes, we are. But then you kept that story uh, private because you didn't want to exploit anything. And it wasn't about you. It was about the victims. But, you know, life is about timing. And you as a dad thinking how close Stephen could have been uh, to being one of those victims. Well, you know, it's true. And I didn't want to make it about him. He was going, (laughs) excuse me, to pick up his girlfriend uh, in the union. And he went over there at about 20 after 8, right about when it was happening. And the police officers ran him out of there. I mean, they took his car, told him to drive on the sidewalk, get out, and get to somewhere on campus. And he actually locked himself in a, one of the suites in our arena. And then and when he called us, then, you know, he found out some of our video guys. Were, I had my radio show that night. It was 7 to 8, and I got out and... Normally, I might have been working earlier, but I went home and watched film there. And uh, so he was kind of locked up with my four video guys in our locker room downstairs, our our, uh, uh, NBA locker room. And then uh, his girlfriend was actually in a, I think they were a lot of the classrooms in a bathroom. And they were there till like 1231 because even when we, even when they caught the guy, which by the way, Bill, for all the abuse that police officers take and and sometimes administrations at universities or anywhere the job they did in those two hours was un believable it was phenomenal and uh so they got out of there about one o'clock you know because they didn't know if there was another guy you know was there an accomplice so there were so many things but boy our people did a good job it hits a little closer to home my son was not involved he was not in the room but just being around there made you really think about it. I know you would do, too, because you've got a lot of kids that um, we sometimes in life we talk about, you know, cancer is a good one. You know, and if it doesn't happen to you, you want to be helpful, but it never hits home until something happens to one of yours or yourself. Then it hits home. It was kind of a similar thing to me in that respect. After the tragedy and the shootings on the campus at MSU talking to your team navigating the rest of the season and we'll touch on March Madness in a moment to close out the interview but what did you learn from your players well what did you feel when you were talking to your team uh, when it was raw and close to the shootings and and how your team has progressed mentally off the court boy for a guy that I don't think is as good as you are, these are a lot of great questions. <laughs> Seriously, that is very, um, it's a deep question because the next morning, that night we contacted all our players. I tried to contact the families. Then the next morning, um, I give, give Alan Heller credit. We had a nine o'clock meeting, a Zoom call with a couple of psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, different people that um, helped us uh, deal with it from the standpoint of remembering this. I always say you don't treat everybody equal on a team. 
But you do treat them kind of equal. You know, you've got your basics that have to be there. That gets thrown out the window because everybody have, handles grief and tragedy a different way. So that was very helpful. Then we weren't able to come back on campus. So I had my team over to my house around 11 o'clock in the morning just to talk to them all. I, I, I think the one thing we don't do this day and age is communicate with people. You know, we just assume or we think somebody else will do it. So I wanted to be face to face. I wanted to see their eyes. I want to see their body language. I wanted to see who was really upset and who was kind of upset. I mean, everybody was really upset about the situation, but it hit home. You know, one of my managers uh, went to church with one of the people, uh, you know, so there was different things that happened. And so we had a good meeting there and didn't practice that day. Then the next day we practiced, it was awful practice. And uh, they had canceled the Minnesota game. Now we're playing Michigan Thursday and Friday. We had decent days, but I spent a lot of time constantly talking to them, letting them know it's it's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be a little sullen, but we do have to move forward. And that was, you know, kind of the way I looked at it. Michigan, to be very honest with you, did an unbelievable job at their arena for us. Unbelievable. Uh, Juwan had text me and uh, give their president, their AD, their their coaches, uh, players, fans. Um, you know, I mean, it got down to the Hatfields and McCoys at the end because it's supposed to. But uh, it was very good. And, uh, you know, lose a tough game there. And then get in that locker room and what do you say? You know, I, you realize that we as coaches make every game life and death. And then you face life and death. And every game's not life and death. So that's been a process since then, to be honest with you, Bill. Yeah, Tom, that photo uh, before the Michigan game, uh, when you're wearing the Spartan Strong T-shirt and you're looking down and, again, overcome with emotions, uh, knowing what your rival is doing for you, for the students, for your team, for anybody connected to Michigan State, I could see it really warmed your heart. And I've watched the Big Ten. I've watched... The NFL, college sports, NBA, across the board, everybody step up for Michigan State. And you, you mentioned at the start of this conversation that you talked about being on the field with the late Peter Secchia and God rest his soul and Mooch, your longtime friend from Iron Mountain, that sports brings us together. It, it's, a, it's a pulpit. Uh, it's a congregation. Uh, I've seen it time and time again in my nearly 32 years of doing sports radio, that we forget politics, we forget religion, we forget color of skin, we forget who has the bigger house, the better car, and we come together through sports. And that that is something that still brings goosebumps. I mentioned the tears when I think about it, to see what America uh, did for Michigan State. Bill, well said, uh, very well said. Um, and, and you still got to understand that those families, you know, maybe it doesn't solve all the problems, because it never will and it'll never go away. But I learned that night in 2001 um, that was unbelievable in New York. I mean, to the people that were there and the Black Hawk helicopters flying over and everything was America strong. But you are right, you know, Duke and Wake Forest and UCLA, people on their campuses lit up their different things in green. And I think because everybody understands, you know, it's it's like I say, uh, Lloyd Carr. In fact, Lloyd Carr came to my locker room with his two grandsons before the game. 
it was that was touching for me. Um, I happen to be fairly good friends with Lloyd. He went to Northern Michigan before Mooch and I, but I, I did a couple things uh, with a car dealer, uh, him and I, for cancer, and I go down to his Chad Strong uh, golf voting all the time, and and uh, you know what you what you learn when you go through those things is people need people, and that was really what I wanted to talk about. The night of, you know, find someone you don't know. Everybody grieves different. Help them through it. You know, this day and age, it's like I had a unique thing that happened this year. But one of them, you probably heard my assistant, Mike Garland, almost died. And uh, he passed out at the wheel and a a passerby came by and gave him CPR. And he's 99 percent good now. And he would have been out. He would have been done another minute. Somebody wouldn't have come by, you know. People need to help people, even this day and age when it's different. Sometimes it's mental health. Sometimes it's physical health. You know, Tom, uh, speaking of people helping people, Mark Ewell, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. I think Joey Hauser from your team is doing an right. internship with Mark right. and his team there in Lansing. Told me a story on the Huge Show recently that a wrestler from Midland, I think it's Shinsky family, father is a firefighter, son and him are on their way to Heartland, Michigan, to weigh in for the regionals they're driving along 75 they see a car on fire they pull over and somebody had passed out in the car and him and his son saved the life of that person waited for emergency medical personnel to show up got into their vehicles made sure the person was okay and the kid went and made way in and wrestled and mark paid tribute uh, to that family out of midland michigan and you know the good in people I believe it's out there. And, again, this is connected to sports, and you're talking with Coach Garland, who's a wonderful man. And it takes a tragedy to give us all a kick in the ass. It really does. That's the problem. There lies the problem, you know. Um, Like, I try to do a lot for cancer, okay? So far, you know, my family, my immediate family, and my parents have not been stricken with that terrible disease, illness but but sometimes we are look more to preventative management than why do we always live in crisis management you're so right and why does it take tragedies and then sometimes because the world moves on we take the tragedy and we mourn it and grieve it and then we put it in the back burner and you know sooner or later we got to start putting that um my daughter, uh, as it was announced on CBS, is due in July with my first grandchild. You know, do I want her having to take uh, a little boy or girl to uh, preschool and worry about guns and worry about those kind of tragedies? Or you know, it's insane. And uh, I don't know what the answer is, but I know this. Doing nothing is not the answer. You know, I I don't I wish I was smart enough to have the answer, but I sure hope that we all realize that these tragedies, somebody's life. I just visited a couple of the uh, patients. You know, there's five that are still in the hospital Four now one got out. But some of them are going to be changed. Those people aren't going to be the same for the rest of their lives. And hopefully we do something about it, Bill. But I agree with you 100 percent. You know, Tom, uh, we'll catch up on basketball and March Madness later. I thought this conversation uh, fitting in there about you visiting some of the victims and just the real life that's out there off the court, on the court, 
and what we've all dealt with and are dealing with. Man, I appreciate you joining our fourth anniversary show here on the Michigan Sports Network with the huge show, my partnership with Marty Boer and here at the Collaborative Lab uh, in Comstock Park, Michigan, on the west side of the state. Man, you take care, and we'll talk during March Madness. Well, let me give you a little promo as I leave, you know, because, you know, over the years, especially early on, there were some differences. But, you know, the couple of things I've loved about you is I think you tell it like it is, but I think you do your homework. And that's the difference to me from maybe average to good to great to elite. You know, if you're doing your homework and you want to rip me or somebody else or you know what? That's the way it is. That's the way it's supposed to be. And uh, sometimes people get mad at me with a player for being brutally frank. You know, well, if you shoot 50 percent from the free throw line, what am I going to do? Say, oh, you did a nice job, kid. You know, by the way, don't come in and work on it. Doesn't make sense to me. I, I looked at you that way. And, uh, and that's why we developed the friendship. And, uh, hey, you're not always going to agree with me. I'm not always going to agree with you. But. Congratulations on this fourth anniversary. Congratulations on the 32 years. And don't forget, um, next year, um, you know, we still got a run in us, believe it or not. We still got a run in us. But next year, a big recruiting class coming in. Uh, you know, hopefully we get through all the things we're getting through. And uh, we'll see you in that room again next year for the preseason uh uh, deal we do each year. You know, we talked during the last All Access MSU show in October that you said I need to be there for the Izzo campout night and do the show that day. Yeah. Plan on that, Tom, okay? That'd be awesome. I'm looking over at the field. Last year we had 1,350 tents, so we'll get a big tent for you. We'll have some fun. It'll be just like thank tank. You, it'll be like tank in old school. I'll be there, there on campus. Go. All right, thank you, Tom. Appreciate you, Bill.